Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, guys. Gina with Sidewalk Talk. This is... Eliminate, Nate, you're from Washington. I am, Washington State, not DC. How was, how, what's it like growing up in Washington? Um, I'm sure no one's ever said this about Washington before, but it rains a lot, so. Oh, grew up in Washington, it's really rainy. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about growing up there? Um, the summers were really fun, because What did you do growing up? I mean, like, what, like hobbies or? Yeah, like hobbies. Uh, gosh. <laughs> um, um, I played like sports up until like um, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Well, you okay, played some I played instruments too, though. Yeah, I, I played like you know basketball until I think freshman year of high school, and then I stopped. And then I did like two years of tennis in high school. <laughs> Which is mm-hmm. a little bit more relaxed. Um, I did, I think, I can't remember what years I played. I think my sophomore and junior year I played tennis, and then senior year I couldn't because I broke my leg. <gasps> yeah. From what? Uh, I was jet skiing off a waterfall. Jet skiing? Off. <laughs> kidding, no. I was, wait, uh, wait. Oh, okay. Um, I, I got was, really confused there. I was skimboarding, which is like where you, you're on like a flat beach, and then you have a little board, and you. Uh, oh, and you run up to the little like, wave. You like throw it, and then you run and jump on it, and try and like glide across the water. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was like my third time doing it. And, and you just broke your you broke your leg. I snapped it. Yeah, it's pretty. I still got a big scar. But. Are your parents from Washington as well? Uh, my dad is. My mom's from Minnesota. Oh, okay. Cool. So do, do you have a lot of family in Washington still? Um, yeah, they all still live up there. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm down here. I, I, my mom's side of the family is in Minnesota. So where do you think you got your creative side from? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, what do your parents do? My mom was a teacher for a long time, and then she started her own business doing um, like graphic design and stuff and writing. Oh, that's kind of that's creative. Yeah, it definitely is. And yeah. then my dad was uh, he worked as like a like a mental health. I still don't know like the, the actual name of the job. <laughs> he worked with crazy people for like a long time. And then oh, he, like a psychiatrist? No, he was like he worked like in the hospitals and stuff and mm-hmm. would deal with like people with schizophrenia and stuff. Oh wow. I don't know. I, I they they had me take a. My parents had me take um, piano lessons when I was like, I, I don't even remember how old I was. But I think that's where I like started to get into music, probably. Mm. And you played uh, a, the trumpet, too? I did, in six. Why the trumpet? Grade. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think we had one, and then I just, and just was like, I'll do that. I can't remember actually wanting to be in band though. I think my mom made me. I don't remember. <laughs> I remember not being too 
too stoked on it, but I actually learned how to like play the trumpet and read sheet music, which I neither of those things I remember how to do now. Mm -hmm. But um, and then and then once I was in seventh grade, I really wanted to play the drums, but uh, I never made it into like the the band. I think I just went to like drumming activities class or whatever after after school sometimes. Mm, I see. Yeah. So do your do your parents support your music career? Or yeah. well, did they when you decided to make that decision after you, you graduated from Washington? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I moved back to my hometown after I graduated and then stayed there for a year and really didn't, I don't know, I wasn't, sh I didn't really have actually any plan at all. I knew I wanted to move to California. That was kind of just a, like a distant, I don't know. It wasn't something I really pictured doing quickly, but I just got a job, um, like an office job back home. Mm -hmm. And Great then um, I was doing, I was on the phone all day doing, uh, like, this sounds way cooler than it is, but uh, I was doing, like, reference checks and background checks for people, like, workers getting security clearance into nuclear plants. But it sounds like whoa crazy but uh not really i was like just sitting on the phone like calling mrs you know jenkins in <laughs> iowa and asking her questions about her husband ah and i did oh. that for almost a year mm -hmm. and then i um, saved up enough money to just move down here and you you worked and saved up to move here with the intent of pursuing your music career? Yes. So how did you get into that? Into um, becoming, or, or into music production? I got into music production way, like a long time ago, like mm -hmm. 2010, I think. Before you started Eliminate? Yeah, I was just messing around with, uh, I don't know, like just the music making software. Which one? Uh, FL Studio, that's the one I still use. Oh, you still use FS FL Studio, okay. Yeah, but... Usually people start with FL Studio and then like... Graduate to Ableton. <laughs> graduate to Ableton. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I was just slowly learning like the most basic, basic elements of uh, like actually producing. Mm -hmm. But not much outside of that, it was like... Not even nothing about like mixing or, or, or any technical part of producing. It was basically just like how to arrange a, like a kick and a snare together <laughs> with with a little melody over it. Oh, I see. And then um, like a year later, I think is when um, I started getting into like actual electronic music and like dubstep and all that. And then just randomly one day decided to try and look up a YouTube video on how to actually make it. Were you always eliminate? Um, or yeah. Did you have a different no, I I was 17 when I came up with that, and I was wait I think I was 17 or 18, but I was just sitting on on like my couch at home, and I was trying to think of words that uh, like I could put Nate into, mm -hmm. and then oh <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't even I didn't even process that. Yeah. Wow. It's always funny when people realize that for the first time. But 
yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There's not any deeper meaning other than the fact that your name is also included into your alias. Yeah, that's about it. I see. I think I went to like dictionary.com or something and just and just words with Nate in it. When was the first time you felt like I know you went into the whole music thing knowing that you're going to pursue music, mm -hmm. but when did you feel like okay, I can actually do this? Like your first break. That, a tough question because there was a lot of times where I'm like, whoa, this is a big, this is a, like maybe like a label release or or getting a, you know, like a email back from like a big producer or getting my tracks played somewhere or something where those are like big milestones and you think it's a huge deal. But and then as you keep going, you realize that there's still a lot more that you have to do to actually uh, sustain like a career doing this. Mm -hmm. I would say that I wasn't, I didn't turn just like touring into my sole like career until uh, fall 2017. Oh, so that's a little, wait. Like two years ago. Um, that's pretty recent for how long your project was. Yeah, it took me forever. I mean, a lot of other people, it really is different every time. Because you, uh, you, you started Eliminate 10 years ago? Like a decade? 2011, so like eight years ago. Oh. You know, January 2011, so almost nine. Mm. I realized, I think, that I could do music as a career after I uh, quit my my job back home and I moved here and I, my, like, I had, basically I had enough money saved from my old job and then I also sold my car right before coming here so I had enough money to like sustain me for a while then I was applying for like waiter jobs and stuff because I figured that's an easy enough thing to do that mm -hmm. would like uh, give me an actual income but mm -hmm. I ended up um, a few months after like living here to start getting into doing like freelance production stuff so I worked a lot with um, like cymatics for a good year, doing like um, like sample production and loops and stuff and projects and all this, which was cool because it was uh, tied into any type of contract. Should we turn around? Yeah. On a freelance basis, so like I would just work, I'd do that, and then I. I yeah, they're like a sample company, mm -hmm. but I did stuff like that for a good two years where I was just barely making enough um, to like pay my bills and stuff every month, mm -hmm. but it was still sustainable, so mm -hmm. I didn't have to actually go back and get another job. I don't but know if I ever had just one sole For your first moment. big moment. Probably when I put out the Snakebite VIP mm -hmm. and then a bunch of DJs started playing it because up until that point I hadn't really, I maybe had like one or two songs played by DJs at random times, but after I put that song out, um, it like kind of just blew up on the DJ circuit, so oh, that awesome. was cool. It was like, gave me some motivation to yeah. keep going. Well, I guess now, what do you think are your biggest challenges within the music industry or personally? I would say, um, biggest challenges for me, I guess, 
it's you know every I feel like a lot of people say this but um, well I don't know if they do but the whole branding aspect of EDM where like you know you, you, you have music it gets supported it gets played by a bunch of people um, but you also have to keep up like whatever aesthetic or something something you're putting on that makes people be like oh yeah I don't know I'm just like explaining the, this so the, terribly the, the business aspect not even necessarily the business just keeping like a, an active brand which I hate that word so much because <laughs> I, I just focus on like making music mm -hmm. but that part is always I don't know been a bit of a struggle kind of annoying so what about your brand is difficult to manage or? my name's just a verb like you just it's just out of the dictionary so yeah. like, you know these other other artists have like a lot of thought and and stuff put into their brand where like their artwork matches up with it um, everything you know they got like they got like cult followings that they call like you know their yada yadas whatever I don't know I, I feel like I haven't really gotten or established anything like that um, which you is, have your, uh, what is that? The, the kendama. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's I pretty keep that, keep that MF thing on me. <laughs> Do you keep that on you all the time? Um, I travel with it everywhere now. So like, and if, if I'm going, I don't know. I, okay, I guess the easy answer is yeah. Because <laughs> I do kind of bring it everywhere. I need to get like a, a waist strap for it. <laughs> yeah, you should. Or a fanny pack. Yeah, that could be dope too. Yeah. Besides the branding, is it? Is there any other struggles or um, trying to continually like push my own self to write um, music that like I don't know. How I, often do you deal with writer's block? A lot, like a, pretty a often. Lot. Yeah. It's pretty How do you deal with it? Um, I kind of just like slam my head into the wall, <laughs> and. That sounds like a really good, uh, really good solution. <laughs> Scream into my pillow. Um, I don't know. Drive my car off a cliff. Like that. Just all wow, the, the stuff. fact that you survived that—that's yeah, great. It's whatever. Oh, you're like invincible. I'm take take breaks and listen to other music. A lot of people say producing other types of music helps, which it oh, does. Oh, really? I, that's the first I've heard of that. I think it does. Like if you primarily make dubstep and you're having trouble writing a dubstep song then uh, produce like some smooth jazz or something I don't know oh I see or like some chill lo-fi beats to chill and study to mm. what what do you want to be remembered for oh man I don't know <laughs> um I guess just my music I mean I, I like I like people to enjoy the music that I put out and mm -hmm. I'd hope that it would like I don't know live on longer than I, I guess yeah that's a that's one way to put it I don't want my music to just kind of die out which it might I, I can't control if that happens or not but I mean that would be one thing I think that was important mm -hmm. I don't really know I've never been asked that question before that. <laughs> it's a really hard question yeah. I don't even know how to answer that all right so we're gonna jump into fan questions should I hold it with? No, I'm not. <laughs> Sexiest disciple producer. Ooh, path or mode step easily. Those tattoos. <laughs> What's the thing that inspired you to make music and where to start? Um, 
the whole creative aspect of it, I always liked, um, even before I started making like electronic music. Like I said before, I was just messing around, arranging different elements together to make like a loop or, or a 30 second song or something, which was just something I didn't even realize that you could do on a computer at the time. So it was just really cool. And then from then on, you just are consistently learning new and more and more stuff that you can do. How did you get signed to a label for the first time? Um, I think, well, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to define what signed to a label is because like I had like a few label releases like a long time ago um, and then I started like Play Me. Um, I never technically like signed with them like I wasn't I didn't have like a contract or anything but I did a, a bunch of releasing with them and they were kind of like my home in the in the early the early years and with that I just uh, I think I think I remember submitting to a demo email and it was shortly after that that someone got in contact with me but I don't actually know if it was from the demo email or if it was completely unrelated but someone that was like A&Ring for them um, just hit me up on like Facebook or something. And what then I- Disciple? Disciple was a couple years after moving to LA. And like a year before that, I was doing um, stuff with Twonk. And at the time Twonk was working with Disciple just in the like the background, um, like managing the label and stuff. And um, so that's kind of how I think they got like the first, I don't know, that's when they first heard of me, it was in the Twonk days. And then it was like six or seven or eight months, I can't remember, after Twonk kind of, like Brills went on to do his LS Dream project. So the Twonk label kind of just stopped releasing stuff. And it was after that I had like my first single assigned to a disciple. What's the best habit and the worst habit that you have? Um, that's a fan question? <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, From Alex underscore GL. I don't know, Alex. Um, my best habit? I don't know. <laughs> okay, uh, worst habit. That's an easier question. Worst habit? Probably... <laughs> Um, I've been, I've been working on fixing a lot of my bad habits recently, honestly. What like, like touring, not giving a shit about, you know, keeping myself, like, healthy or getting enough sleep or just partying. I've kind of, I've kind of cut down on that a lot. Um, uh, <laughs> damn, this is, this is very intense. Um, right now my worst habit? Probably... Maybe, gosh, I don't know. I'm, I'm perfect. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that works too. No, it's not. It's not true though. It's not. It's not true. I'm not perfect. I actually suck a lot. You know what my worst habit is right now? I haven't gone through and canceled all of my monthly subscriptions that I no longer use. So I'm just getting charged every month for stuff that I don't care about. Like what? 
Um, Actually, maybe you don't need to answer that question. Maybe we can leave that up to the <laughs> interpretation. No, it's stuff like um, like Amazon Prime. I pay like $13 a month and I maybe order something from Amazon like, you know. That's when you use someone else's account. Yeah. Um, Netflix? I don't ever watch Netflix anymore. You don't ever watch Netflix? <laughs> they took all the good stuff off. I need to just straight up get a Hulu account now. Um, oh, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, SoundCloud, I just re-upped my subscription because of the EP dropping. And it, it used to be $6 a month, and then my credit card expired, so I had to, uh, I just let it die. And then, um, I re-upped it, and it's like $16 a month now or something. What? You know what, I should just change this to like budgeting in general. Yeah. <laughs> I spend too much money on dumb shit. Uh, did you grow up surrounded by friends that like the taste in your music? Not really. Um, um, well, I mean, yeah, I don't think so really. I listened to like a lot of like metal and stuff in high school and then um, also like just kind of punk oh. rock. I don't know, it's also a tough question because I, I, I wasn't like going to a lot of concerts and stuff when I was young, if at all. Mm. And then I didn't get into uh, like dance music and stuff until after high school. I was a full grown adult. Minesweepa, to eliminate, who do you think you are? What gives you the right? Don't know what that means. It's a quote from The Office. Oh! I very much appreciate that. Um, oh, wow. I'm trying to remember what Toby says, but I don't think that he actually responds to that question, so I'm just going to stare awkwardly at the camera. <laughs> Biggest trick that you learned in production that you wish you knew about ages ago? Side chaining? I mean, I went years without side chaining. I, I've obviously side chained for years now, but I think I went... Oh my god, I'm embarrassed to say maybe like three years of producing music and I didn't even know what side chaining was. But, you know, once you learn how to effectively do that, your, your music's gonna sound a whole level of less shit. If you put eight OTTs on your master channel, your song will sound really good. It's called the Octagon. That's, that's not true, don't listen to that. What's your favorite equipment and software? Um, well, I use FL Studio, which is like, you know, that's home. That's home for me. Um, so that's obviously my favorite, like, DAW to work with, but it's also the only one I've ever used, so I can't really compare it to many others. Serum is still uh, heavily used in my, in my songs. Um, it's like the go-to, I don't know, just, that's... I use basically all stock plugins in my in my songs. I really don't use any third-party stuff. It's really a lot of basic. Um, there's one that I've talked about a bajillion times in like tutorials that I've done on YouTube, but it's called Effector. And it's just a stock FL plugin that's really fun to use. It's got like eight different effects that you can play around with. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, last question. If you could collaborate with anyone, who would it be? Um, Beethoven. 
write a slapper of a symphony. <laughs> wow, I did not. <laughs> I did not expect that answer. I don't know. Maybe Skrillex or someone. Obviously, that would be, that'd be yeah, really that, cool. That's the ideal collab. I would even want to collab with them, and I don't even produce music. Yeah. Or but. it'd be fun to make a song with Post Malone too. Kendama by Sweets. Sweets Kendama. If you're interested, go buy one. And um, you can soon just be sending it. Ah. All day, every day, all day, all night. Uh, eliminate is going to do a triple sh back flip. Show us some uh, fakey front side blunt yeah, to um, some moves. a double back slid board slide. Um, stalling onto is this what it's actually called these moves <laughs> are you just making it okay. okay ready yes all right oh 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 ah it's the spike spiking is the hardest part and that's how you land tricks do you look up these moves? Yeah, and you <laughs> learn them from just other kendama people. Kendama. <laughs> is there a club that you could join? Instagram? Like, <laughs> is there really? Oh, yeah, like, how long have you been doing this? Since June. Oh, so this is like a recent development. I guess like five, five months now, however long it's been. Oh, I thought it's been years. I really want to land one of those. And then you can just cut all the times where I don't land nope, it. So it nope. just looks like all I'm of a, it's gone in there. So it looks like I'm just professionally skilled. You got okay. big cup. Okay. This is not gonna work. Okay, I'm gonna try two more times. One, two. Assistance. One. Power. Overcome no! overcome your fears. <laughs> I like the commentary. Okay. Here, let me add some motivation music. Sounds like excuses to me. No, the little cup. But I got the little cup. What? Who's your buy's lunch? <laughs> okay, I got I got the small cup. Okay, now you gotta go to the bottom. Hold on, wait, wait for the music. 
What music are you playing? Epic Motivational Music Mix Volume 1 <laughs> on YouTube. I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. Okay. Alright, you got this. Thank you. <laughs>